Hello and welcome to the One Take Show, a podcast where we celebrate incredible conversation with some phenomenal people. In this episode, we are in conversation with Dr. Kalpana Gopalan. Dr. Gopalan has been serving in the Indian Administrative Services for 33 years now. She is the additional Chief Secretary for Department of Youth Empowerment and Sports for the Government of Karnataka. She is the recipient of Mother Teresa Women Empowerment and the International Human Rights Award 2019. She is awarded citations by Bangalore University, Rajiv Gandhi University of Health Sciences and many other such universities she awarded the nlm unesco award karnataka in 2000 and karnataka ratna for kaveri handicrafts in 2013 she holds a doctorate and masters in public policy from iim bangalore she was rated among the top 2% of doctoral candidates in the past decade she is a visiting fellow at mcgill and concordia university eu fellow and many other such universities she is trained in harvard and chicago university and london school of economics she presents papers on international and uh, national forums she has published three books and many journal articles and delivered over 250 talks on public and social policies dr gopalan also associates as a visiting faculty and fellow for national institute of urban affairs institute of social and economic changes and many other such universities she is the advisor to bangalore city corporation Grant Thornton Ames School of Business Mahatma Gandhi Kashi Vidyapeet and Presidency University finally she is a volunteer and advisor to Akshapatra Foundation Youth on the Move NGO Asia Entrepreneurship Bangalore Women Forum her initiative and World Congress on Women she is perhaps the most decorated guest that i have ever had the opportunity to speak to and in this episode we are going to talk about entrepreneurial culture for youth especially in the times of pandemic a very heavy episode based on education based on wisdom based on experiences if you like this episode which i'm sure you will please do remember to like share and subscribe to the channel if you have any suggestions or feedbacks write them down in the comment section i would love to read them Hence, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's jump right in. Hello, ma'am. Welcome to the One Take Show. It is truly an honor for me to have this opportunity to speak to you with a person of an educational background so rich and who has served our country for so many years. It's truly, truly a blissful moment for me to have this conversation. Thank you so much for taking time off your really busy schedule, sitting down with me for this for this conversation. Thank you, Kosto, uh, for having me here. this morning and thanks to all your viewers too it's a really a pleasure and privilege for me to have this conversation with you thank you so much ma'am and honestly i think uh, it is all truly an opportunity that every student especially law students would love to exploit everyone who tunes into this episode would really add so much value to their own personalities because of the conversation that we're going to have uh ma'am before we get into the conversation what really is fascinating for any student or aspirant who either is trying to get into uh, the administrative services or is trying to follow your footsteps to know a little bit about your journey because it is really interesting uh, your journey has been really enlightening for so many reasons and has been inspiring a lot of aspirants to follow your footsteps so can you please tell me a little bit about your journey and your story as in what uh, has been the journey like so far Mm, you are asking for something which uh, you know a narration which is both longitudinal and uh, panoramic so let me keep it a little simple uh, broadly i can see three stages in my life so far the first was the life of a student in chennai uh, it was very simple very innocent very oriented to education uh the second was my first 15 years in the ias and uh, 
I would regard this as a life changing event because the IAS is not just a job or a profession, but it is a way of life. And the third part began uh, uh, with my entering IIM Bangalore. And in its own way, this was life changing too because it not just gave me a qualification that is a master's and then a doctorate in public policy, but IIMB taught me to think with a wider and deeper perspective. Instead of merely firefighting, which is what uh, we call it in the IAS, that you okay. are dealing with crises all the time. Right. And um, so in that sense, it uh, you know deepened my understanding of concepts and issues. And at a personal level, I met people of great merit and great humility. And uh, their association I cherish even till today. Uh, surprisingly and quite unexpectedly, it has opened up a new concurrent career for me as a researcher and author and speaker along with my job in the IAS. Okay. So that is uh, the journey so far. Right. Now, you also wanted to know the learning, I think, uh, the learnings that I can share. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, it's quite simple. The fundamentals are pretty clear. One is know yourself and what you want from life. And two, have faith in the universe and in serendipity and uh, let me give you an example from my own life experience I told you my life as a student uh, was very oriented towards education and my family emphasized education a lot I was a quite a good student though I may say so myself when I was appearing for my undergraduate exams I had taken higher education for granted because that was the way we were that was a thinking in the family but when I was appearing for my final undergraduate, that is uh, the BA final exams, one of my uncles decided that he wanted to get me married. And uh, okay. part of the culture of the family was also deferring to elders. And so my parents who, until that moment, they had been emphasizing education and uh, how I do in school and college, they deferred to him and uh, began to make preparations for marriage. And I was aghast. Because it, I, uh, it, this was something which I had never foreseen. Marriage was not in my horizon at that time. Mm-hmm. And it was my first serious confrontation with my parents. I was generally an obedient child. So this was the first rare confrontation I remember. I, I remember dashing out of my room. Uh, I would be studying because I was preparing for the finals. But I would dash up and say, no, I want to do my MA. I want to do my MA. And MA was the extent of my thinking or my dreams at that time. You know, the short neck syndrome. I could not dream any further. That was, but for me, life without a master's degree was unthinkable. Okay. Uh, fortunately, I prevailed and uh, I completed, of course, my undergraduate, then my MA, and then further went on into the IAS and now kind of rounded it off with a PhD. So somewhere you need to know and you know your your being will tell you your heart and your mind will tell you what is so critical and important that you know you're willing to take a stand for that and for that that knowledge of oneself is really important and this very rare confrontation which I had uh, with my parents set the course of my life thereafter so it was pretty life-changing in its own way on the other hand 
you need to have some belief in the universe or in god or in providence whatever works for you and my entry into the ias is something which i attribute to providence because uh, being a good student i had joined iit madras after completing my ma i joined iit madras as a phd scholar but my interest was in humanities mm-hmm. their expertise was in technology and so it was not a great fit okay. ias was the fallback option so it was not a conscious or the first choice uh, at that time unlike you and so many others it was not something which i had prepared for you know or mentally uh, thought about or aspired to but it was my fallback option when you know this uh, I, uh, the iit experiment did not work though i do admire uh, iit madras and dr ambirajan who was the head of department at the time mm-hmm. who welcomed me into the fold Uh, it was an experiment taking a humanities student into the and i also admire his generosity in letting me go and um, he knew that some day i would come back again and you know the i never lost touch with humanities so on the one side self belief on the other side keep the faith in the universe and uh, things will work out I think ma'am there is absolutely so much that to unpack from that as an aspirant it's, it's outwardly so inspirational uh, to learn from the various struggles and various experiences you've had and I'm sure like uh, from my position of privilege as a cis male person in the society I perhaps do not have to experience a lot of those things but I'm sure a lot a, a huge section of our society even today as we go through many of those experiences perhaps can be inspired from extreme one very major idea that i could pick up on is to stand up for we what what we believe in and to know ourselves and to believe in something with that principle ma'am i think it is important to also know what is your opinion on all those aspirants who are perhaps trying to follow your footsteps and are trying to make something either in the services who are trying to serve our country or are trying to complete the education and get uh, some significance in this area as well what is your suggestions for those aspirants the first thing i would like to say is that participation in nation building or public service is not confined to the ias right uh, the choices were fewer when i was a student your generation has innumerable options some within the sarkari system some outside where you can still participate in nation building having said that those of you who will be entering the world of work in this the current coming year or the next few years you are going to see major shifts because we are already undergoing the pandemic which is sweeping across the world and quite uh, unexpectedly it is not just impacting on the health sector but it is impacting on the world of work and uh, this is whether you are going to work within government or outside government i see some shifts taking place that the first is the acceleration of technology right. you are going to have technology not just in it per se but you are going to have it in healthcare in education you are already seeing a lot of online education in entertainment netflix i think has increased its subscriber base so you are going to have the acceleration of technology in every sphere the second is the mode of work changes from a brick and mortar office we are going to shift to a work from home mode and the gig economy and the third 
is that this kind of networked economy is going to demand a new kind of working which is a work of not competition but cooperation and coordination okay. so the working style itself the behavioral style which we adopt in the working world is going to change because of the advent both of networking it and the gig economy so how do we change how do we transform ourselves and this is you know going to be true of you whether you write the civils or whether you enter the private sector or you go into the voluntary mode it is going to demand a different working style that we need to be comfortable with uncertainty and ambiguity uh, life is not going to be so uh, predictable as it used to be in my time change did happen even when i entered my career we you know we brought in, in 1987 was the year when i entered the ias and the panchayati raj legislation was uh, launched in uh, karnataka that very year we also had in 1991 the balance of payments crisis and the lpg reforms liberalization privatization globalization change happened but change happened more gradually so we had little time to adjust to it with your generation it's going to be very very fast and rapid so you need to be pretty agile so that comfort with uncertainty and ambiguity is important second in a gig economy you need to be a continuous learner you need to keep updating yourself with the latest your expertise needs to be top of the line and right. you can't wait you can't have this um, you know study work retire mode which is what we are used to in the working world now it's going to be learn and do at the same time and work for as long as you can and as long as you wish to there's there's no formal retirement you know you're not going to be kicked out of uh, you know active service at the age of 60 if you are good enough then you will be in demand for a long time and thirdly because of the need for cooperation and collaboration you become responsible for society around you because unless you know you you are able to build up a team let us think of a doctor for example a surgeon a surgeon cannot work well unless you know his nurse is good the anesthetist is good you know you need the whole team so you need to you know raise all boards around you at the same time so kind of personal and collective social responsibility where you build not just yourself but you build the team around you think that is important and this is true of both the public service and private sector whichever you may choose to go to right it's going to be common across sectors right ma'am and uh, i think this will provide us a road map with respect to how we as our generation is going to adopt to all these adapt uh, i apologize to yeah. all these changes that are going to happen around us a uh, very specifically yes. you mentioned that gig economy requires us to keep learning as a society and as industry professionals uh, yes. of a person of such a rich educational background like yours I would love to know about your opinion on today's educational inclination and the professional inclination which is allowing the participants to enter into the industry. Is this is there a pattern that you observe or something that you notice which can help the students to somehow catch on to something? Okay, well, from where we are at present at least it looks like the job market, the formal job market will both shrink and transform. and uh, there are two aspects to this 
one thing is that permanent employers like governments and universities they or had already started curtailing their hiring even before covid 19 and this is only going it was more gradual now it's going to be much more uh, and uh, the corporates are also reducing both their hiring and their salary structure so that is a, you know one change so what i see is that more and more bright young people like you and uh, others would be taking up the entrepreneurship and the startup rather than going into formal service whether within the private or the public sector okay so i remember that um, about a few years ago i think it was uh, sometime in early 2019 i had visited the rajgiri business school in kochi in uh, kerala uh, they had invited me to speak on entrepreneurship and a young uh, literature scholar uh, quite an unlikely uh, discipline uh, her, her name is meera sharan she uh, recently wrote to me saying that uh, she was part of the audience that day right. uh, when and she listened to me and that inspired her to you know uh, establish her own start which is called wordsmith she and her sister together they set up their startup so it was you know i didn't even know she was in the audience uh it was a ch- it was just a chance thing but it was so fulfilling for me that mm-hmm. you know it really made a difference it motivated her and i feel that you know we will go this way that uh, people like you you will identify the needs in society think of swiggy for example there or zomato you know they identified that little bit of that need which had not been fulfilled we did have parcel service and all but this was very specific home delivery with you know the whole thing uh, the whole system put in place evolving technological solutions which is very new which comes with the tech savvy of your generation evoking latent demand you know that requires some perception and establishing new markets so i think that's the way we are going to go and uh, largely i see this happening in the startup and entrepreneurship area there is a lot of latent demand life can be made much more convenient for all of us and you know i think that is the market the hidden market so to say which you are going to explore and probably raise the demand so that is the route which i feel uh, i see you all going let's let's wait and see right right ma'am i think uh, this is a very interesting perspective especially because i have been following all the webinars that uh, i've had the honor of like uh, viewing your opinions where you featured on those webinars and one of those webinars was very specifically talking about entrepreneurship and how the changing landscapes of entrepreneurship is providing opportunities to the very students i understand that you provided us with a sort of an overview of how this industry is going to open roads for entrepreneurship and how young students or perhaps industry professionals will enter entrepreneurship but with respect to pandemic and social services and engagement as i understand that you've previously been engaged with a lot of ngos as well and you've seen the social work and social sector has also required a lot of investment from the society especially youths how do you see is there an interplay between entrepreneurial ventures and social interface or any such possibilities opening because of pandemic and how we should motivate ourselves to perhaps look into that direction here again i see two things happening see i again wish to emphasize what i had said in the beginning that public service and participation in nation building does not mean only working for government there are, there are a host of avenues in fact you may have much more freedom when you are not 
bound by an organizational system you see so i think many of you are going to take metro and uh, you know the, this can be done in two ways one which i have uh, adopted is you know you have a dual career that you practice your personal and collective social responsibility because all of us do have a responsibility we are in a societal system knowingly or unknowingly we have benefited from it. even the support may be meager but it is still there so uh, that we need to pay back in some way and one way in which i see is that you practice a career which is dual you have your bread and butter career which pays your bills right. but you also have a career where you pay back where you know you join hands either individually or you join hands with others mm-hmm. and uh, here i would suggest that you look for something which is your passion you see something which interests you or where you have a lot of expertise now let us say you are a law student but if you sing well then use that music give that music share it with others you know go to a hospital i have a classmate uh from my old school met who goes to hospitals and she sings there she is otherwise a homemaker but she uses her spare time to yeah. sing in hospitals so so or if you like poetry then you know gather the kids of your neighborhood neighborhood introduce them to that so this is one way that you earn your livelihood from something but you also fulfill a social obligation on the other if there is another way where you can keep the both the service and the livelihood together you will that you will do by identifying niche markets you know there there you know you do act as an aggregator let us say some you have we used to do this of course this is a known program when i was a young officer we used to have a program called dwakra which is a development of women in rural areas where we used to form groups mm-hmm. of women who would be uh, you know in, who would do some handicrafts let us say they do paper, uh, paper plates or uh, leaf plates or they would do some embroidery and use that and create a market marketing linkage for them where you know they can uh, sell that product in this later on of course morphed into the self help groups so you can use something like that see uh, i used to be managing director of kaveri handicrafts kaveri handicrafts is the you know handicrafts corporation of karnataka right. and um, what we did was we we were a profit making organization in the sense we were a proper corporate but we were also in the business of development development of communities okay so kaveri handicrafts has a very nice um, showroom on the main road which is mahatma gandhi road mg road as it is called in bangalore we had a large space outside the showroom which was pedestrians used to pass but it was very wide we had uh, the building was structured in any in that way so we said that okay we earn a profit there uh, what we sell within the showroom but this space outside the showroom we gave it free of charge for handicrafts artisans who were not you know uh, able to Uh, come within the formal system because we have so many other conditions we couldn't absorb them so this space was given to them free of charge so chennapatna toys used to be displayed there and week after week we used to rotate and we used to have women lambani women who did that beautiful mirror work embroidery 
they were given this space and that was a huge hit you know so and we had more customers because people would stop at the pavement to see this and then they used to come so it was like win win so the, you know you can do a similar ha- have an online marketplace but the thing is to do is that you know your back ending should be very very strong Right. that uh, you know all the the logistical work the aggregation which you do that you need to put a proper system in place so there are any number of ways where you fulfill your collective responsibility or your personal social responsibility and at the same time you know you either share or you earn a livelihood out of this and i am sure that you know i uh, interact quite closely with uh, the youth because my department is uh, called youth empowerment and i would say that they empower me and they energize me with their brightness and pragmatism and idealism <laughs> right ma'am i think uh, it is extremely inspirational also opens up a lot of opportunity i have not been perhaps thinking in this direction for a very very long time and uh, at least through this episode including me a lot of very uh, enthusiastic students who are inclined towards this direction would perhaps start thinking and various new steps new uh india was new entrepreneurial ventures will stem out of it i am really grateful for especially this segment of the conversation uh before we wrap this conversation up i just have a last question for you with respect to the uh, overall impact of this pandemic on the industry and overall generic view of like what opinion do you have as in how is overall the transformation happening and what is the adaptability that is going to happen uh, see the uh, as of now it is uh, things are still dark isn't it that uh, we have not completely come out but uh, there are some silver linings to that cloud and uh, one thing which take my my own uh, sphere for where i work sports has been quite badly affected yes but it has also taught us that you know all our attention used to be on sports and tournaments events per se but now we have shifted our mode from you know events to fitness and we did a nice little program called namma mane nanna suraksha my home my safety where many of the sports persons sports stars who were otherwise you know they are very busy this was during the lockdown they all came together we had about uh, 30 particip- participants in, including venkatesh prasad sunil joshi uh, and they shared their own experience in the lockdown and how they were keeping themselves fit so the uh, you know there is that little change where instead of only an event focus we are focusing on the core which is fitness which is really more important similarly let us take a tournament when you don't have you know uh, an audience to clap for you where do you find your drive you find your drive from within isn't it so that it has taught because stars depend on that audience clapping now but now they are forced even where we do hold events we, there is no audience to energize them they are finding that drive from within what there is this thing that sports thrives on competition it is a competition based uh, discipline so to say but today it is you know persistence patience that has taken so there are other aspects which sports persons themselves need to nurture now if you take industry as a whole you know uh, let me shift from uh, sports to a, you know a more conventional industry 
a brick and mortar office an organization which we are so used to working in and uh, now people are singing you know kind of eulogies to that but it was not a uniformly nurturing space so let us understand that there was so much we we are used anyone who has worked in any setting knows that there's so much office politics there's nepotism partiality uh, you know the, all these things do happen and uh, now the pandemic has put paid to all that you know so the kind of new workspace which is evolving which is online which is time specific you see you come together for a particular activity and then you log out you know that doesn't give that space for all these you know ulterior activities which seem to go on in a conventional office space let's be clear it was not always a beautiful hunky dory setting but in this new setting you have people with shared interest or shared uh, or uh, you know an exp- complementary expertise let us say they come together for a particular task and then they move away and uh, it's very similar to a surgeon it's not something very new so take a surgeon a surgeon is attached to a particular hospital right and he earns his salary from there but he also consults in many other hospitals my son is a surgeon he consults in other hospitals and then he earns remuneration from all of them and he builds up teams in all these various spaces where he works so it gives him a certain kind of flexibility and he is able to enrich his expertise from his experience from different work locations right. that is going to happen to all of us because we need to get used to the world of freelance so freelancing comes with its own difficulties but it is also you know for a person who is committed to their job and good at it it can be a great uh, value add and a very rich experience so i hope for the best i am an optimist <laughs> well i am truly truly inspired as of this moment and i am sure like we as a generation would also like to share that optimism understanding that there has been a significant impact of the pandemic on every possible front especially on industrial uh, engagements and the employment ratios and we as i could uh, right now learn about the direct impact of the pandemic has been on the sports industry as well and i'm sure by the different ways through which the administration is tackling this this is a conversation that was absolutely missing from this podcast a conversation so rich that would perhaps add tremendous amount of value to everyone who listens to this episode especially tunes into this podcast uh, do you have any closing remarks for our listeners ma'am i would always say that you know help yourself while you help others and that personal social responsibility which i spoke of i think that is the key because then we grow and society grows with us with us and there can be a kind of india which we always have dreamed of and uh, we are a very intelligent nation and uh, the youth is uh, you know very inspiring to me to uh, tell the truth so i learned so much from them i'm sure we are moving towards a better tomorrow right ma'am and i i personally believe that uh, to have an opportunity like this over a platform like uh, through podcasts or online webinars or any other such conferences where we get to listen to all such incredible incredible enriching conversations would really add tremendous value and we would also get an opportunity to somehow introspect and also move towards a very concrete direction where we can make the changes while also paying equal amount of attention towards ourselves and also understanding what we really want and how we can shape around our societies thank you so much for this amazing amazing conversation and thank you so much for this opportunity thank you
Thank you, Kastav. It has been wonderful for me too. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much, ma'am.